1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
2: What up, Fightful fam? Welcome to One Two Punch. Player one, Shaquille Madjuri. Player two, last minute, Lucas Grandsire. Saving the day. We were going to have you on next week was the hope, but I had a bit of a last minute complication thank you for doing this my man
3: of course man you caught me uh, i was on the exercise bike cutting weight so it was perfect i was like you know what i'm on weight let's do it i'm off today let's uh step in stay ready so you don't have to get ready that's me
2: what would it be rude to ask what di- weight division you're fighting in
3: <laughs> please Shaq. mind your own business <laughs> I could, I could probably cut you know if we, if we count in the weight cut and stuff yeah. i would say i could comfortably make uh maybe 185
2: okay sounds good i feel like i gotta put yeah. on some muscle before i can get to that um yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately uh uh small guy in terms of like my general body it's it's
3: because you have good cardio so you just have to look at it that way you have your advantages uh you know you're like kind of like dominic cruz
2: yes i'm definitely the dominic cruz (laughs) of mma guys welcome to one two punch if you are a reoccurring viewer visitor thank you for joining us if it's your first time let me give you a quick rundown of how things operate. This is One Two Punch. It's MMA News Talk on a win-lose-draw system. What that means is we're going to sort of assign the week's biggest winners and losers before drawing up a little preview for UFC Vegas 16. If you're wondering, we're not saying these guys are winners or losers. We're just kind of saying whose stock went up, whose stock went down. It's all in good fun. I'm going to hit this intro and we'll dive right into it. there we go a quick reminder please hit the subscribe button tap the notification bell leave a like on this video i'm going to put my ear here and make sure that my audio is working yes it is Uh, and most importantly hit us up in the live chat guys we'll get to all your questions get to your comments this show is a lot more fun when you take part if you're feeling extra friendly a little super chat donation always warms the heart no pressure but we love you even more for doing it Okay, Lucas, that's enough of me being a shill, plugging everything and anything. Let's jump right into it. Uh first up on the winners. I didn't put it in the thumbnail because it's just the whole the last two, three weeks has been dominated by Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr., but they pull in over one million dollars in pay per view or sorry, one million pay per view buys. What's the future of this sort of freak show Because look like we used to complain when the Jake Paul's and the Logan Pauls were doing it. But now that you sort of have that YouTube boxing mess sort of mixed in with these legends showcases, seems like there's a market for it. We're going to get to this, the Fight Club Boxing League that's opening up. But uh, what do you think Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. says about the future of boxing or at least this particular avenue of it?
3: Well, that's the thing. I mean, you 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 hit it right on the dot. I mean, it was it, there's a market for it. I mean, you saw that. You know, the thing is, it's difficult. Cause you don't know if it's the old legends that prove that there, there's a market for that, or if it's the YouTube stars. But, you know, freak show boxing. I mean, you showed that. You know, the people love it, and there is a, a big future for it, and it's it's very exciting, for uh, you know, if you're a fan of these kinds of you know crap fest of fights. I mean, you just showed that there. You know people are going to tune in for it no matter what at this point it's not about skill it's about the name value which we should have known in combat sports for a long time so we're going to see more crap fests like this until you know right now these were two guys who in their prime they were very high level Mm -hmm. right these were two of the the best and uh now today they still bring some of those skills but we're gonna see some of these shittier boxers start to try to do it even (laughs) evander holyfield who you know i don't know if you guys remember he did that boxing match with Mitt romney right and everyone was like oh Mitt romney you want to invite him to your barbecue whatever and it was you know once more crap fest it was terrible we're we're gonna see that you know this fight might may have been best case scenario and we're gonna see some fights that, that are gonna suck and right now there's a market for it let's see if uh, the other fights live up to the hype and, and continue to you know appeal to this audience
2: yeah well this is the thing right uh you kind of have the purists from time to time shit all over this sort of thing but as a man who will indulge in the occasional jalapeno cream cheese taquito from 7-eleven or you know a few episodes of jersey shore at a time, there's a little bit of room for everything on your palate, right? Like I'm, like Sean Rossab said the other week with me, I can have a filet mignon tonight and hit a McDonald's in the morning. It's all good with me as long as we're getting more combat sports. I think I think there there is a bit of a trickle down effect. I know that sometimes overstated, and we saw it with Dizone, like the Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI nonsense, didn't really bring a market. It didn't really trickle down into you know subsequent. Boxing specific events, but I do think it's important to sort of normalize combat sports in the general, in, in the col- overall culture. I think that has a place. Uh, and, and to sort of back tra- uh, segue off of that, Snoop Dogg, Ryan Kavanaugh, the, the latter of whom is the uh, co founder of Triller, say they're starting the Fight Club Boxing League, and that this Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight sort of fell under that bandwagon, where or under that banner, meaning. You know, we're going to see more of these legend boxers, uh, see more celebrities for, you know, if you can call them that, Um, trying boxing for the first time. We're going to have more musical performances. Snoop Dogg's going to be on commentary. Uh, we, We had Snoop Dogg on the Contender series, but it seems like his boxing commentary has sort of endeared him to a lot of people. What are your thoughts on Snoop Dogg getting into the boxing game?
3: Man, uh, I'm not one of these people that's going to be all over social media raving about how great it is that he's saying whatever's coming up in his head as he's watching these two old men fight. I don't care, man. I'm not entertained by it. I don't necessarily like it. I mean, you know, Snoop Snoop Dogg has found that, you know, he's sort of changed in his his life and his career where people see him now as sort of this, you know, this token fun black guy that white people enjoy when he says Izzle at the end of regular words. And I'm not entertained, but I really don't care. Like you tell me he's on commentary, good for him. He's not on commentary, great. I mean, obviously this is the, the you know, I don't need a, a boxing purist to explain to me two old guys fighting at a barbecue or whatever it was that uh, Snoop Dogg said. But so I think he's in the the right thing. But in terms of, you know, I, I, don't, I really don't care. You know, he's not going to make me want to watch a fight more because he's involved. I really, it's not something that uh, interests me in any way, shape or form. I don't care. I'm really not that entertained by him. I know his thing is he bakes cookies while smoking weed, Martha Stewart or whatever
2: or honestly i
3: am not interested,
2: <laughs> even uh, though
3: I know people love him, but it's just not for me
2: yeah i i I, I am a uncle snoop fan he's and it's, it's, it's interesting how he's sort of been able to make this transition from King of the west coast you know huge rapper um and sort of translate that fame into this sort of mainstream Lovable uncle character that sort of resonates with the hip hop community and the greater entertainment community. I'm cool with Snoop Dogg being there. I kind of I, I feel like his. Pre- if you're gonna go down this thriller, you know, old man fight, celebrity fights, I think it's totally, you know, on point to include Snoop Dogg in the commentary. The one thing that sort of put me off with his delivery in. The on the Tyson Jones card is like, I understand that he's had some boxing experience that he trains that he you know he's maybe done some light sparring. I don't want to hear him give critical analysis of what's going on. I don't want to talk. I don't want to hear him give advice about fighting behind the jab, yada, yada. You know, I've done it for regional events and I feel out of place every time I'm booked to do local commentary. it's been a couple of times. I always say, get me. Get me someone who fights. I, I will throw to commercial. I will set up the fight that's happening. I don't want to be telling the audience what is happening in the ring or the cage because I'm not qualified to do so. And so that's the only thing that I hope Snoop Dogg sort of reels back on. It's like, you've got Adesanya there. You've got more Ranallo who, although doesn't fight for a living, has you know consumed more combat sports than you or I ever will. Um, you've got Sugar Ray there, you've got all these experts, and I, you know, maybe they just don't really explain to Snoop Dogg what his role is, I know, you know, even to the avid MMA fan, the the idea of color commentary versus analyst, all these positions are kind of complicated, but give him a clearly defined role. Like, he's funny, he's got charisma, uh, let him be there to... Bring in the entertainment factor, but I don't want to hear him once talking about someone's guard being up or down, so how they're throwing the uppercuts, what their footwork should be like. Like leave that to all those other experts and amplify what Snoop is good at.
3: Yeah, it's like I don't need the I don't need him telling me that I need to throw the jabizzle and then follow it up with a hookizzle. It's like you know that you know Israel it, Adesanya. You have a great respect for someone like him and mm-hmm. his striking, and, and he happens to be over my shoulder over here. But now he's. You know, he tells you that and you're like, yeah, you know, this guy knows what he's talking about. But Snoop, who we saw, you know, hit, a, a, I guess, a, some pads with his trainer and looked terrible and went viral because anytime someone does anything like that, they go viral. That, Yeah, that's not the guy I want to tell me or even telling a, a fighter who's more professional than him, you know, what he should be doing and all that stuff, just like you mentioned.
2: Yeah, it's um, yeah, I'm going to go to Antoine very quickly in the live chat says I enjoy Snoop's commentary personally because it was different and he wasn't a total quote. Why is he on commentary type of person? I do get where Lucas is coming from, though. I, I think that kind of hits the nail on the head uh, and is sort of a good intermediate point between where you and I are at, which is he clearly loves combat sports. That's the thing. You don't want someone there who doesn't want to be there. And if Snoop's yeah. going to invest in co-founding a boxing league and he trains and he's you know been in there with Floyd Money Mayweather for some light sparring, he clearly has a passion for it. So that's who you want there. But... Emphasize the passion, and let's slow the brakes a little on the analysis. Because what's the rest of the team there for if not that?
3: Exactly. I mean, and if people enjoy him, just because you know one guy's on this podcast saying he doesn't really care for him, you know, or even people loved when he was narrating the the animals or whatever that was. Oh at one man, point. Like, yes.
2: Uh, yeah, Planet uh, Earth really. or whatever. Planet Earth,
3: yeah. Uh, like you know, if people enjoy it and there's a market for it, of course, you know, don't do it because you know a couple people don't like it, but. Yeah, for me, I mean, yeah, it's like I, I don't really that that's that's not really my thing. But I liked what the UFC did where they had, you know, Snoop cast and the regular guys like, you know, you kind of choose which style you prefer. But yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's you know, you don't want this guy for analysis. If you're going to be there, focus on being fun and, and sort of the guy that's not taking it too seriously like the rest of the commentators.
2: Uh, thoughts on overall on Snoop Dogg, thriller, going deeper into the boxing game and starting their own promotion?
3: I mean, there's clearly a market for it. I think there's a future. And, uh, you know, and now's the time, you know, you can't like do this event and two years later say like, hey, we're going to start it. You have to do it now. Strike while the iron's hot and uh, try it out. If It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, I don't think those people are short on money. So uh, it, it could be very exciting. It could be a fun thing. So you know, start it now, see if it works, if it doesn't, whatever. And if it does, then we have this new, fun, shit-fest uh, boxing thing that we get to look forward to.
2: 100%. And uh, going back to the live chat, uh, Antoine says, I think the commentary team overall for the show was good. Kind of wanted Izzy to talk more, but it was his first try at it. wasn't bad. Needs improvement. I, I think the four-man team is a little excessive. I just don't think yeah. there's enough airspace for four people to get their thoughts off. And, you know, Snoop Dogg being there as, as the guest, you don't want to talk over him. Yeah, and I think Izzy did great considering the learning curve. I just think like having an Izzy, Mauro Renalo, um, Snoop Dogg combination is enough. You've got yeah your expert analyst, you've got your expert color, and you've got the sort of comedy relief there. I just think there's not enough room for four people to get all their thoughts in.
3: Well, I don't think anybody uh, liked uh, Sugar Ray Leonard there, anyways. I saw more people complaining about him than anything. So you know, if you if you have one that you can easily remove go ahead and do that like there's oh, no need to try to force all these extra people in there if you don't have to
2: all right let's move on to my final winner of the day which is anthony smith coming off of ufc vegas 15 quick first round submission over Devin clark and this was a real crossroads moment for anthony smith he was coming off of that brutal i think fourth or fifth round tko loss to clever Teixeira. subsequently a very one-sided unanimous decision loss to alexander rakic And, you know, people were kind of saying is the writing on the wall is uh, has the division caught up to him? Was his sort of rise to the top of the 205 pound division uh, always meant to be short in nature? And or can he just not handle it? Should go back down to middleweight? And we saw what was a really important fight against Anthony against Devin Clark. And what I really appreciate that Linehart said during the uh, post fight, he didn't turn this into a big hurrah, hurrah, I'm back moment. He said. Devin Clark is the kind of opposition I should be beating, which was what this entire thing was about. Could, uh, because I think Devin Clark was unranked at the time, can Lionheart Smith, a top 10 guy, beat someone who's not ranked in the top 15? If not, we're going to have to have some hard conversations. If so, how does he look? And the fact that he passed that test so easily, I I think, shows that He does have a life left at 205. And I think it's really important to note that he said this was the first time since he sort of started getting all of his analyst roles, his radio show at Serious XM. This is the first time that he took a complete break from media while preparing for the fight. I think that's the key for Anthony moving forward. He can't, this fighting is such, at a high level, is such a harsh, singular pursuit. You need to be committed to it 100%. I think Anthony has the right idea do all your radio programs and podcasts and analysts work when you don't have a fight booked? Uh, Where do you think Anthony goes from here?
3: Yeah. I mean, this was exactly, this was, I mean, all all respect to Devin Clark and everything he was going through, but this was supposed to be a layup. This was supposed to be the fight where this was supposed to be the, y'all must've forgot, right. Kind of moment for Anthony Smith. where he kind of reminded people just how good he was. And he did struggle a tiny bit with the wrestling. And I, I was sort of worried a little bit seeing that, but obviously throws up the submission and we, he submitted some great guys in the past. So, um, now, very good win for Anthony Smith. I think it showed that. I mean, he's still he's still relevant. I mean, two hundred five. It's like you get a you say he gets a knockout in his next fight, and he can get a scrape out a win in the next one. You're right back up there to fight for the title, especially with the way things look. So, it told me a little bit. It, you know it showed you that he's capable of winning, and he can still catch you in submissions and stuff. I don't know yet where he is in the division because Devin Clark was such a and like I said, with all due respect, was such a step down compared to, you know, all the guys he was fighting before. So. I'm going to need one more fight with someone in the top 10 before I can really decide, you know, is he done or not? But it showed he did still have some issues with the wrestling, and I'm a little bit curious to see how is he going to deal with that going forward.
2: Okay, let's move on to, unless you have any other winners you want to highlight.
3: That's that's pretty good.
2: All right, let's move on to the loser section. Uh, No offense to y'all. Before we get there, quick reminder, guys, hit that subscribe button. Tap the notification bell and leave a like on this video. Leaving a like, especially early on, helps us get onto more feeds, helps us uh, reach more and more people who might enjoy this good programming. And of course, reminder, hit us up in the chat, guys. The more you talk, the more you cure me of my paranoia, that the sound's not working, that the video's not working. So go ahead, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you guys. And with that said, let's move on to our losers of the day. First person I want to tackle, he's the star of my thumbnail for unfortunate reasons, Yair Rodriguez. Uh, turns, you know, Dana White at the UFC Vegas 15 post-fight press conference had sort of an ominous uh, statement about Yair. Because, you know, he, he's he been linked to this Zabit Mehmed Sharipov fight for what feels like the entirety of both their UFC careers. And when asked if that fight is going to be booked soon, Dana just says there's something up for with Yair if he hasn't told you yet there's a reason you'll hear from my dude I thought someone died I thought that you know he, he, he severed his limbs and some freak accident like I don't know I don't know why Dana White had to make it sound the way he did I know that these days especially he's super reserved like he won't unless you know whoever he's talking to off camera says, Oh, yeah, we can talk about this. He is tight lipped on everything. At least let us know that everything's relatively okay. So, what happens? Yair Rodriguez, my rant's over here. Yair Rodriguez failed to sort of notify USADA on his location. One of the uh, perks, I say jokingly, about being under this USADA banner is the fighters have to always say where there's an app they got to say, where they are at all times, so you saw it can roll up while they're eating dinner, while they're hugging their grandkids, while they're at a funeral, if you're Yancy Medeiros, while getting it in on the couch, (laughs) and test them, you know, whenever they want. So apparently Yair failed to disclose his location three times over the last year. He's been suspended six months. On the plus side, he won't really be out that long. I think it's something like March. Is, Is it March that he gets to come back?
3: Do we know? I think so. I think I heard something like that, but okay. you know, I'd have to look to confirm. Yeah, I,
2: I will double check briefly. Um, now, most would say this is a loss for the fans, for Yair, for Zabit, because we've really been waiting to see that fight, which is truly, you know, who is the next guy at featherweight? Is it Yair? Is it Zabit? These super exciting, multifaceted, next generation fighters. Um, but yeah, you got some people saying that at least short term, this is a good way to sort of circumnavigate USADA, if you want to do a little cheating here and there, uh, you know, take a six-month suspension, and in the meantime, dope up for a year. I'm not accusing Yair of everything, but what do you sort of make of this rather unique, unprecedented, irregular move to basically hide from USADA?
3: I mean, first first things first, though, Dana White, that was not slick at all. Like, can, can we talk about it? Or we, I'll have to let, yeah, it's like, it, I go on Twitter, it's USADA, and everybody's convinced it was USADA. And then Mark Raimondi tweeted, and everyone's like, yeah, it's USADA. Like, what was it going to be? No one's going to think Yair yeah, died or something, like, you know, until, until Yair tells you about his grandmother having cancer, like, I can't reveal his future. It, this is obvious. It was like, yeah, it's probably USADA. I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often. Because when, when you deal with fighters for the interviews and stuff, you see how, how, how sometimes Blakey they can be on times and stuff like that so I'm surprised we haven't seen more of these kind of suspensions and guys forgetting to update but I don't think this is the same thing as I think it was who was it was it Vandale Silva that ran from the drug tester or you know I think something happened with Chael where they're they're hiding from them too like I don't think it's the same thing and it's one of those things where you look at USADA and, and you know and it sort of frustrates me even more because I'm sitting there like you know leave our fighters alone leave our fighting alone I'm sitting there suspending guys for nothing like it's not like they, you know, they probably still tested Yair anyways, like if he was cycling something, they're probably going to find it anyway, so it's, it's, uh, it, it's annoying seeing him do stuff like that, but you do want to tell Yair, like I'm sure somebody told you next time you're getting suspended, so, but I'm, I'm just surprised this hasn't happened more often, you know, because, uh, you know, anything that starts to inconvenience and be annoying like that, people tend not to do it, so, uh, but yeah, I I don't think this is necessarily the case of he's back there cycling like D Bowl and all that stuff and then kind of you know hides from them. I don't think so, but it's uh it's it's annoying for sure.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward eventually, whenever it may be. We know how tight lipped fighters and managers can be, but I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, hearing the story from the horse's mouth in that regard. Uh let's briefly touch on Nico Price and by extension, every other weed <laughs> smoker ganja enthusiast, uh procurer of the devil's lettuce that has unfortunately gotten screwed over by the Nevada State Athletic Commission or any other athletic commissions. Uh Nico's price gets suspended, I think six months. Uh he's fined something like eighty five hundred dollars. I'm pulling these facts out of my ass, so excuse me if they're wrong. Um and his I mean, not that it really matters, but his majority draw against Donald Cerrone is now overturned to a no contest. All because he was caught with a little bit of the green in his system. I would like to ask, when are we going to stop doing this? But the reality (laughs) is, so long as we're going to give the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, a legal means by which to steal more money from fighters, it's going to keep happening. And, dude, the guy's got, like, seven children. Christmas is right around the corner. Can I just say the real losers are the Nevada State Athletic Commission for their clear douchebaggery?
3: Oh, man. Every time I see the, you know, overturn your no contest marijuana, I'm like, oh, fuck off. Like, you know, seriously. I mean, you got, you know, plenty of people are accusing fighters of steroids and stuff. And you want to come in and do something about weed? Like, who can— like if, you know if the fighters about to walk out and you see him back there sparking a blunt or something then you'd be like yeah okay man like maybe we need to do something but i mean seriously all i could think seeing that is you know fuck off leave these fighters alone like overturning it to a no contest what advantage did, did he have from you know having some weed in his system it's i mean it's stupid it's seriously you know it's one of those things it's just frustrating and it's starting to piss me off quite frankly Shaq.
2: love the passion just gonna go to MMA oh, fight picks in the comments section it says What's up, kids? You know, I'll tell you, uh, when I was sort of thinking about, like, what to do with this show, obviously we end up with One Two Punch and the retro gaming theme, but I've always thought about leading in, sorry, leaning into my age here, you know, you, myself, Nick Baldwin are some some of the wee toddlers of the MMA media game, and so doing something called the MMA Playground, or I don't know, I don't know, it's just always been in the back of my head, I should probably just lean into this, but... Most people... Nick Baldwin looks like a baby. Sorry to say <laughs> it. Uh, the rest of us are at least passable. Like People are surprised by my age when they find out I'm 25. But um, hey, man. I, I'm young and I'm uh, exuberant. Well, like, I, don't,
3: I don't mean to cut you off here, please. Shaq, but the, the joke coming from uh, Craig is every time you post one of his links on Reddit... <laughs> everybody's always calling him and his brother kids. So every time you post something, I'm in the comments like, oh, these kids do a great job. These children are awesome. So it's a, he, he got he got his chance to, to give back at me with
1: that one.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm too old for Reddit. So I will just... Oh, I'm sorry,
3: Shaq, if you don't use a great...
1: You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform. But I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast.
4: marketing tool to get your, your content
3: well across. unlike not some, bad, Mr. unlike Groucho. the other
2: half of this podcast i do not have a marketing degree so
3: oh oh yeah so, so yeah all right yeah, go, blame, blame my
2: education um <laughs> yeah go. mma fight Picks <laughs> says uh nick baldwin has been 16 for nine years that right, is right yes bro if you meet <sighs> nick baldwin in person he is the tallest motherfucker
3: he, he seems like a large human being it's yes.
2: it is like, his his baby face and his physique do not match. It is jarring. It is obscuring. I don't believe it to this day. Maybe I was hopped up on... I wasn't hopped up on anything U.S. Customs. Never touched a drug in my life. But, you know, if I were so, sort of somehow to uh, inhale some secondhand nonsense, maybe I dreamed up the whole thing. Because there's no way Nick Baldwin looks in physique the way he looks in face. Uh, and I hope yeah. he's not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to give a quick shout out back on topic since MMA fight picks decided to derail our whole show.
3: Right. Yeah. Come on, man. So you go the uh,
2: MMA Reddit sub-community. Ron Patel chimes in. It is garbage to be fined for pot. People are walking away with warnings and not being charged for that. It's a money play, right? It's it's complete nonsense. Um, You know, we give the State Athletic Commission these powers and we should not be surprised when they abuse it. Tim Elliott. Had a funny remark about it. I'm gonna try and pull it up uh, shortly. And Antoine chimes in. Not to mention Sean O'Malley's persona in, is involved in ganja smoking. And UFC had no problem marketing it when he was fighting. That's the thing, right? It's not the UFC that cares. It's the ne- yeah. it's, it's these state athletic commissions looking for any excuse to skim more money for the fighters. And what are they doing? What are they? What, what are what are the UFC fighters really getting in return a, a, aside from the fact that you know they they regulate it? They don't do a good job of regulating it. No. <laughs> all right. I'm yes. sorry. Uh, like I said, as someone who's never once engaged in any sort of tomfoolery, I'm yes, supp- su- I'm surprisingly passionate about it. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Tim Elliott wrote, stoners are keeping the Nevada State Athletic Commission in business. Ain't that yeah. the truth? Okay. I'm all flustered. Let me let me move on to this. Uh, Cody Garbrandt. We're not going to say the word because YouTube loves to suppress views. But there's this thing going on around 20, late 2019, all of 2020. You might be familiar with it. Some people are losing jobs over it. Others are getting sick. Some are dying. It's, it's caused a real divide in terms of two groups of people, each of whom think the other is an idiot. <laughs> it's been it's been interesting. Uh, I'll say that. Anywho, uh, Cody Garbrandt had to pull out of his planned UFC flyaway title fight against Davis and Figueroa after contracting a little some sum and I ain't talking about the gonorrhea. And he is now... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> thank, anymore.
3: Thank you, Shaq. That's that's exactly what I'm sure the well, people to you know, do. I just don't here here. want anyone to yeah. get it
2: mixed up. But no, uh, he yeah, contracted something. He had to pull out of the fight. And since then, he's been one of these long-term uh, victims of it where he's he didn't just loses sense of taste and gets sick for a while. He's got blood clots, brain fog, all this stuff. And he says he'll be ready in March for a guaranteed title fight against flyweight. I think Cody, I'm sure the UFC wants it. I think Cody might be fooling himself a little bit. If he thinks that anything is guaranteed in the sport. Uh, Do you think Cody, and we don't know what his life is looking like right now, but do you think Cody will be ready by March or will he be depleted from what's happened to him over the course of the last few months?
3: I think he's gonna be depleted i mean the 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 biggest thing is anytime you have like a big health thing like that and it's gonna stop you from doing things like working out and stuff. I mean your body loves to take your muscle from you like as soon as you stop you, like you know as soon as you stop using your your muscles and stuff, your body starts to use it as fuel. What I'm saying is he's not gonna have the same level of fitness after going through this situation with the thing that isn't gonorrhea so i'm I'm just I'm curious how long is it gonna take him to get back to one hundred percent physically. Without trying to rush back either, without using EPO like certain other bantam weights or sort of fly weights. I mean, uh, March seems a little bit soon, but I'm sure if he's got the right team and he's talking to doctors and he has a right nutritionist, I, I'm sure he can get things back on track. But the biggest thing I would say is just don't rush it. I mean, you know, at one point you were going to get a title shot. I'm sure your manager can finesse something around even if you wait a little bit longer. So, I don't know, man, I'm just, I think this is the kind of thing where it's like, you know, just be careful, take your time, come back when you're fully healthy, because if you come back early and you get knocked the fuck out and that's it, no one's gonna give you another shot just because you did have not gonorrhea earlier in the year. So, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where I just want him to take his time. I, March seems a little bit soon, but I'm sure there are people that know way more than I do in, in this situation, how he could look trying to come back in March.
2: Well, I usually get up at like 9 a.m. on my Fridays for this uh, 12 p.m. or for this 11 a.m. Pacific time show. I got up at six am today and I'm alive. Maybe I should start doing this every morning um yeah. as we start heading into the UFC Vegas sixteen preview, let me do one last reminder maybe my second last reminder. We'll see how greedy I'm feeling. Hit that subscribe button folks tap the notification bell and leave a like on this video. can't tell you how much that stuff does from us if you need any extra incentive. Christmas is around the corner. We're nearing 3,000 subscribers on the channel. Wouldn't that be a fun milestone to hit? Help us get there, please, and thank you. Of course, hit us up in the chat if you're feeling extra generous, want to fill my stockings with a little bit of cash. A Super Chat donation never hurts. Thank you, as always. Let's get to this UFC Vegas 16 preview. Two questions, both involving the main event, because let's be honest, the rest of the card is trash. I know some purists are going to get upset. We're not saying the fights yeah. won't be fun. But the reality is, and I'm going I'm to bang this bell for as long as people complain about poor Zane Simon and the stuff he tweets. <laughs> we are not saying these fights aren't going to be fun. In fact, I'd argue when you have regional level fighters on a UFC main card, it's going to be more fun. Because you're going to see some crazy wild knockouts and not as much defense. But the reality is... There is nothing in terms of storytelling or stakes beyond the bare minimum in MMA to get you invested in anything other than the main event. Listen, I don't particularly care what happens to Ovin St. Prue in this fight, win or loss, because a reason hasn't been marketed to me, right? Like when you look at what UFC 257 is going to be, and I know Conor McGregor is an extreme example We're looking at the return of Conor McGregor. We're looking at a rematch. We're looking at, you know, a lot of surprisingly goodwill, donating the money to charity, right? Like, we've got all these different—and I'm sure if I go down the main card, even UFC 256, you've got a flyaway title fight on a record-setting three weeks' notice. You've got Tony Ferguson trying to bounce back from that Justin Gaethje loss, see if he still has it against Charles Oliveira, someone who seems to be as ready as he's ever been for a title shot there are storylines peppered out through these other cards. There is no storyline going into this aside from what we're going to talk about, which is Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. First, let's talk about Marvin Vittori. He has been yelling and screaming on social media to anyone and everyone who will listen about a lot of things, much of which I disagree with, but let's talk about the one thing I do agree with. People are ducking this guy. He looks good and he is ready for a big fight who would have thought it'd be against someone as highly ranked as jack Romanson on such short notice i guess it's one of the rare benefits of fighting through this global circumstance that we're all in uh is this better than what marvin vittori could have hoped for under normal circumstances
3: first of all shag i think it's important to state that we cover mma so every fight is a gift we are to cherish everything every fight is amazing these prelim cards of people you've never heard of are awesome. We love it. You know what the storyline is? You got two people engaging in face punching. Yeah.
2: Now that I got week, that out of the way. 52 weeks so every,
3: everybody come follow me on Twitter. Now you see I, I'm great. I'm this purist. I, you know, no card is trash. Everything is great. Uh, yeah, better than you hope for. I mean, for sure. You have a guy like Jack Hermanson who, uh, you know, has a style where he favors the ground. Marvin Vittori, we've seen him destroy guys with his wrestling. Well, destroy might be a little bit strong, but he's used his wrestling. So, I mean, this is the kind of fight that's going to help tell us if you're legit or not. I mean, he's been around the UFC long enough that he needs these kind of opportunities. And uh, yeah, it's better than what he hoped for. I mean, he was going to get the the very slow grind of someone you might have heard of, but isn't ranked. Someone you've never heard of, but he's like number 15. And then and now it's like Jack Hermanson and it's sink or swim. So better than he could have hoped for, for sure. Great opportunity. And he has the ground game where he can hang with Jack Hermanson, so you know, we're going to see if he comes out of it and, uh, you know, if we're going to see some screaming in the hotel from uh, Marvin Vittori before the fight this time, even though Jack Manson seems like the kind of guy that, you know, it, it wouldn't work on him. But let's see. I mean, good matchup. And uh, to come back to the question, it's better than anything you could have hoped for. That's for sure.
2: Jack Manson is, with a doubt, top two nicest fighters I've ever met. I don't think. I would be troubled if you have a reason at least you know in the in in pop maybe if you know him like super close privately he might get annoying i don't know the guy but in general like one-off interactions you are problematic if you are trying to pick a fight with Jacker Manson outside of the octagon um yeah tremendous opportunity for marvin vittori uh someone in the comment section let me see who um oh mma fight picks (laughs) <laughs> very very thank you thank you trying to derail the show back to back to back Now he's got a good comment here which is how is jack the dog here ain't that yeah. the truth i i have i don't even think it's like, i think it's subconscious at this point but i just always seem to resonate with the guys that uh, are overlooked constantly i was on the steep amyich hype train way way before anyone was talking about title contention and the same goes for Jack Hermanson. he's coming off of a quick, dominant first-round submission win against Kelvin Gastelum. Marvin Vittori looks phenomenal. Give Adesanya his second-hardest test in history, which, by the way, Jack Hermanson destroyed Kelvin Gastelum. Not to say that the MMM math works out, but if you're just if you're even going to go there. In what way are you going to favor Marvin Vittori against Jack Hermanson Now, I I think it'll be competitive. I'm not an analyst, but the reality is most of these odds makers aren't either. This is so disrespectful. This is so disrespectful.
3: I, I didn't even realize he was the dog until now because, you know, I really don't look at the odds that much. So you get the, the live, the first reaction of it. And the first thing I thought is if you're a betting guy, it's worth putting some money on Hermanson in that case. Like, hey, that, that makes no sense to me. Like the guy's coming in on short notice. I think people put too much stock in that Adesanya fight. That's what it is. Cause Marvin keeps saying I almost beat him. So I guess people were like, Oh, you know, he's the lineal champion because of this, because of that. So I don't know, man, but it seems to me like the kind of thing that it's worth looking into if you're, if you're a betting man, cause that those odds make no sense to me.
2: going to go back to the chat. Uh, Joseph Boza. Good to hear from you. Joseph chimes in. It's weird that the musical chairs happened. How could Kevin Holland go from having the thing to facing Jacare next week? Is it really because of the rankings issue? Uh, you know that's an interesting point now, if Kevin contracted a mild case and you of know, not gonorrhea of not gonorrhea and he could you know he, he just kind of has to wait out the time limit on it, I could see him being fine to just push things back a week we've seen things we've seen fights get rebooked shortly after one event or two um but Joseph raises an interesting point which. I don't think is the issue. I think they would have just been straightforward with it. But I wonder if the Nevada State Athletic Commission would have even let Kevin Holland fight Jacare because they can be very picky sometimes about ranked guys fighting unranked guys. But they did let Devin Clark fight Anthony Smith. So my hunch is that has nothing to do with it.
3: Yeah, I didn't think so either. It's you know, It seemed like the kind of thing, like timeline-wise, it just worked out and he was promised a big opportunity. But maybe it's something worth looking into. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and I, I think Kevin Holland, just based on how many fights he's won this year, they wanted to give him that opportunity first and yeah. foremost. Um, and MMA Fight Picks says, I knew Stepe would be champion after he followed me on Twitter.
3: Same. Yes, same. He he fo-
2: five. He followed you on it- Twitter, too?
3: Well, you know what? Uh, American Thanksgiving 2015, a young man shot his shot and asked if he could get a follow back and Steve Bay did it. I don't want to hear nothing about It, it is the people saying okay, five years will... later, still following me.
2: You've had better luck than me. I will say, speaking of shooting your shot, I once interviewed Bay uh, over the phone. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. And at the end, I shot my own shot. I took it a step further. I asked his PSN ID because I wanted to play some Call of Duty with the world champ and he gave it to me but the privacy mode is said that no one can send him friend requests so I don't, oh I, maybe yeah. he's not even aware of it, but man talk about crushing a child's hopes and dreams. Stepe Miacic, I got some words for you next time I see you.
3: The old bait
2: and switch, you oh, got and
3: shacked. Push. He's uh, like, oh sure, let me give it to you. <laughs>
2: last question here um, regarding the side of this main event fight at ufc vegas 16 should jack romanson have accepted this fight i know that he's been very adamant about getting another fight in this year and hey you know sometimes that's what guys need they need to stay consistent they need to stay active it's what's best for them but we saw jojo calderwood lose out on her title shot against valentina shevchenko by taking a fight that she didn't need to take against jennifer maya now you have jack romanson offering to fight unranked kevin holland now offering a fight you know, I, I think Marvin Vittori is, like, just in the top 15. Um, was this a bad call by Jack Hermanson?
3: Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I, you know, Marvin Vittori... If Marvin Vittori was, like, the equivalent of, like, the Italian Anthony Johnson, then I would have told you, like, you know, there's, there's no way. Like, why are you doing this? But, you know, I think he looked at the matchup. He kind of likes it. From the video, it seems like he didn't even really care about the matchup. It was just like, we'll take it. But I think so. It doesn't seem like, you know... it It is high risk if he loses it, but I think he, he sort of they look at the matchup. They like it. They like the fact that they have someone, you know, the fight will probably be contested on the ground. So no, I think it's a good move. If you win it, that gives you a two fight winning streak. We see with a lot of these winning streaks, sometimes you have sort of filler names, Mm -hmm. right? Like you have a few contenders on there, a few guys where it's like, eh, I think he kind of figures Vittori is going to be that kind of filler name to help the win streak look better. So I think so. You know, if you win this one, it gets you a two fight win streak. You can probably get a big contender fight next to get to the title. So no, I think it's good. If he was facing like this big power puncher that was douching people, and I'd be like, you know, Jack, what are you doing, man? But no, it, se- it seems like a, it's a pretty good move for me. But I can definitely understand why someone would be a little bit skeptical about it.
2: Did you just say Marvin Vittori has been douching people?
3: No, I said no, no, I said good douche. I said if he had been good douching people, yeah, no, 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 no. This, said now nah, I see I'm French, so you know, there's like a the language barrier in there. I'm Look, trying my a, best. This is man. a kids' show story It's it hosted by
2: kids for the kids we're yes. the kids bop of mma media for the sure kids bop of mma media <laughs> oh that's a good one we gotta get that trending uh as we wrap up here i wanna i like that a lot actually oh. we should uh, well we gotta uh, we have to figure out if there's any um legal. Or yeah, any patent <laughs> issues but i think that's something definitely look at look at you putting your marketing <laughs> skills to good use <laughs> Okay, last thing. I'm going to talk, but I'm going to put this... Oh, wait, let's go to Joseph real quick. Not sure if it has been mentioned, but Marvin is the first guy to take Izzy to the cards. Izzy was pissed doing media after the fight. Man, Izzy, you know, that's that world championship mentality. When you think you're the best in the world, you don't take it well when you believe you underperform. I'd say, ultimately, Kelvin Gaslam gave Izzy a harder fight than Marvin Vittori did, but just seeing Izzy's improve... And granted, Marvin Vittori has improved a lot too, but just seeing... The improvements Izzy has made fight to fight. It's not to say I don't believe Marvin Vittori could beat Israel Adesanya. I just think we have a lot more evidence to this point showing the growth of Izzy compared to the growth, growth of Marvin Vittori. And last thing, I'm going to actually put the shot on you, but I'm going to talk. Now, I'd advise you to not name names. But point two on your one shot here says ban from... Sp- I... I I have to clear, con, con, uh, you know, con, make it smaller a little bit. But I wrote banned by one notable fighter. You were told you were not allowed to text one oh. <laughs> particular UFC fighter. Can you tell me why you're not allowed to text the UFC fighter? I, I don't think you should say their name. <laughs> Ultimately, you're your own man. But I definitely want to know why.
3: Okay, so I did. Uh, I, I did say on my first episode of my podcast. You know, I kind of explained what happened. I wasn't sure about it, but I thought, you know what? I'm the, the people's MMA media. That Kids bop of MMA, apparently. So, uh, you know, as part of the media, you have to have a relationship with fighters. And, you know, th- so this guy I texted him before his fight. And I was like, uh, you know, trying to set up an interview. And he was like, how'd you get my number? I was like, listen, your manager gave it to me. We text back and forth. It seemed like we're about to set up an interview. Nothing happens. So then I'm like, OK, all right. And then after the fight, you know, you, you, you tend, well, a lot of people in the media do this. I know because I asked, you send like a, a congratulations on the victory and, and stuff like that. I send a congratulations on the victory, put my phone down, and go to bed. Now wake up to this nasty text message from the fighter. Like, you know, we not friends. Why are you texting me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's one thing to have my number for an interview. But now you think we're friends and stuff like that. And I'm reading this message. I'm like, what, what the hell is your problem? And I know there are people racking their brains right now. Who is the fighter? And I will tell you who the fighter is. You know, I'm going to give you a dramatic pause. And there should be no surprise. It's Kevin Holland. I think, uh, I think what happened was he figured it wasn't like a, a professional, Hey, congratulations on the victory. I guess he thought I was sitting by my phone. Like, you know, I hope my best friend, Kevin Holland sees it, you know, and kind of thanks me for it. No, but I don't know, man. He took, he took it one way. It's not how I meant it. And now, you know, if I text him, I'm sure I get met by more nasty text messages telling me to get the fuck out of his phone. So that's, that's the story behind that one. Uh, for you guys that fight for
2: that. Yeah, that's, that's obscure to me. I mean, listen, I've, Talked to Brett Okamoto a couple of times at Media Week. I've had him on uh, an old podcast I did once. I sent him a congratulatory DM on the birth of his child. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to hear back, nor did I think we were on you know anything right. beyond colleague esque yeah. terms. I fighters are fighters are uh, you know I don't know. He won. He won. Right? Shouldn't he have been like in a yeah, really good well, chipper was... mood?
3: Yeah, so it's like, you know, hey, congratulations on the min- yeah, win, well, man. Whatever. Like, you know, it's it's not a big deal, uh, you know, but.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what all that's about. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I hope Kevin Holland. You should. I, I dare you. How much would I have to pay you? What, what would you need? How many followers would you need? Subscribers, whatever you want. To text Kevin Holland, good luck on your Ray fight.
3: No, well, I I mean, you know, if you guys want to get me to, you know, 5,000 on Twitter, I'll do it. But it, I had somebody tell me like, my shtick should be like anti Kevin Holland, like, you know, you have the schmo and then you'd have so I'd interview all of his opponents before their fights and make a big deal. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Obviously, it's unprofessional, but it's almost me you should embrace it and do this big, you know, like you have the, the Conor McGregor fanboy at Barstool, like anti Kevin Holland, uh, where I'm at. No, I would never do that. But no, I mean, listen, he told me in a harsh way that, you know, he basically wanted me out of his phone. So I'm going to stay out of his phone and yeah, respect know, it. But, it, you funny. know, I just, he could have been sub- subtle about it or left me on red or something. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, he got right in there. So
2: <laughs> here hey, we go. Shout out to MMA Fight Picks, who seems to be familiar with my old podcast. That's a, that's a That's a day one right there. Thank you for that. Okay, guys, that is all the time we have for today. Lucas, is there anything you want to let the people know about where they can find you? your current availability uh what you want for christmas this floor is yours talk about whatever and how whatever you want for how much you want
3: <laughs> my availability let me put my phone number out there so everybody can hit me up now listen if you guys want to follow me on social media i always appreciate at grand sire mma it's just my last name and mma you can find me on uh, twitter and instagram don't add me on facebook there's really no point there's no mma stuff on there i'm just, i'm a boring old man which is how you should be on facebook uh, I do have my podcast out, the Lucas Grantsire podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Had some good guests. We had uh James Lynch on last episode. We'll probably get Shaq here on at some point. So that'll be something to look forward to. What I want for Christmas. Well, since, you know, you asked Shaq and everybody's clearly waiting. To wait, send wait, wait, film. wait.
2: I'm so sorry. Oh. Is MMA fight? Is this Aaron Weinbaum MMA fight picks? Oh, no. <laughs> is Am I right? Is this Aaron? This is Aaron. Oh. Let me... Oh, my God. Aaron, I am so sorry, my man. Oh, man. Aaron... You do that to
3: I, I Quinta. Uh, yeah, Reacher, dude. Just listen, him Aaron, like, like, Aaron
2: famously ruined... Like, basically sabotaged yes. my career <laughs> from the jump. Aaron <laughs> yes. Weinbaum, when I see you in person, mother effer, we gotta talk. Because you got me on Ariel Helwani's radar for doing poor journalistic work. I'm coming after you, but I'm very sorry. I didn't understand what was going on in the live chat. Sorry, Lucas. Oh, my...
3: Oh, my God. He just, you know, I'm sitting here thinking it's Craig. And then in reality, it's the guy that came for your career and that still continues right to come for after throat. your career, Shaq.
2: Look at this. Derails my podcast. Derails my old podcast. Bad mojo, man. Bad mojo.
3: Oh, for oh, sure. Uh, yeah, to finish it, if you guys want to, you know, send me gifts on... No, I'm just kidding. That's it, man. Find me on social media, the podcast, uh, YouTube. Please subscribe on YouTube. It's such a grind. I mean, as Shaq knows YouTube. So if you guys would uh, press the old subscribe button, do me a huge favor. Yes. That would be great, and that's it. That's the end of my plug. I took like ten minutes to get everything out, but that—that's
2: everything. Well, that, we, we can blame Aaron Weinbum for that. Follow him on Twitter, though. Uh, <laughs> okay, guys, that is it for today. Thank you for checking out the show. Thank you for engaging on the live chat. For all of our audio podcast downloaders, who I never give enough credit to. Thank you guys for booing the show the way that you do. Uh, yeah, Ron Patel, I got listen. I got to step my game up. Sean Ross Sap. Is a, is a violent verbal force in pro wrestling. And I got to start. I got to start, you know, hype, getting my game up over on the MMA side. Anyways, guys, thank you for everything that you do. Really appreciate you checking out the show. Hit subscribe here and then go hit subscribe on Luke's channel. Like, thumbs up, notification bell, everything in between for fightful MMA. I'm Shaquille Madjuri and stay tuned for everything fightful and so delightful. I know it sucks. Peace out
4: i